IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Ever. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Green Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. Our guest is another one of the talented young drivers in the NTT IndyCar Series. It's 28-year-old Jack Harvey of Bassingham, England. He gets a new start on a new team at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing in 2022. Harvey will race the number 45 High V Honda for the team owned by 1986 Indianapolis 500 winning driver and three-time kart champion Bobby Rahal, Southside Chicago industrialist Michael Lanigan, and television and comedy icon David Letterman. Harvey will be part of a three-driver lineup that also includes veteran driver Graham Rahal and rookie driver Christian Lungard of Denmark. Harvey, a successful driver in the Indy Light Series, began his IndyCar career with three races in 2017 for Meyer Shank Racing. That schedule increased to six races in 2018, 10 in 2019, before full season competition in both 2020 and 2021. 
In 49 career IndyCar starts, Harvey's best finish is third on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course in 2019. During Harvey's final season at Meyer Shank Racing, the British driver finished fourth at St. Petersburg, fourth at Portland, sixth in the August road course race at Indianapolis, and seventh at both Texas Motor Speedway and the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. I caught up with Harvey on November 29 to talk about what a new team and a new beginning means for his career, as well as other topics on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. Joining us on the show now is one of the bright young stars of IndyCar. It's Jack Harvey, who gets a fresh beginning moving over to Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, driver of the number 45 High V Honda. Jack, 2022 is going to be a big year for you. I'm sure you're very excited. Uh, mate, I just can't wait to get started now. You know, everything that's been happening, you know, throughout 21 and obviously making the change to RLL on the uh, High V 45. Uh, we just want to get started now. You know, there's a lot of talks and you know, I know it was, uh, you know, pretty big news and expected in some ways, uh, but obviously not in terms of being in the 45. And, you know, at this point, there's such a good atmosphere within the team. There's such a positivity there right now. We just want to get on track and go work really hard and try and get some great results because ultimately that's what this is all about, was, you know, making the change to be able to get better results come uh, come the races. So, we just want to get tested now, mate. Honestly, we want to get tested and we want to get to St. Petersburg. Apparently, your off-season has been spent doing a lot of sponsor work for High V. I uh, you know that you've been involved doing some stuff with Randy Edeker, the CEO of High V. What's it like to have a sponsor that engaged in what you're doing in your career? Uh, I would actually say I've been very lucky so far with the partners that I've had on this journey. Um, you know, so it, it's really been. I, I, you know, I feel very lucky. That's been my been my normal in some ways. Uh, what I have really enjoyed about meeting Randy and everybody at High V is, you know, how passionate they are. You know, obviously they've got brought back Iowa, which is incredible. So, although I've had some really engaging partners before, the level that uh, High V are going to on be well, you know, for themselves, but also really helping to elevate the NTT IndyCar series as a whole is is something I've never been a part of. And I really am proud to, you know, be their driver moving forward, um, you know, for the next few years. And, yeah, it's just been, it's so awesome. They're such a nice group of guys. I went over to uh, Des Moines to meet everybody. And, uh, yeah, I just had a, had a great day. And there's a few more things coming up in the pipeline here soon. So, uh, you know, having the opportunity to work with Ivy has, uh, has been awesome. And then when, when Bobby told me, you know, a few months before it was announced it was going to be in the car that this is what it was going to be, you know, I just said to him how awesome I thought it was. And, um, you know, he even somehow got extra excited, you know, about the news that would be coming out. So uh, it's been incredible, mate, so far. Do you plan on doing a lot of supermarket visits throughout the season? Uh, to do meet and greets with the fans and some autograph appearances? Uh, sure. You know, I, I want to engage with, people who want to engage with us and, you know, seeing how committed High V are, uh, you know, certainly inspires that and it makes you want to be a part of it, right? You know, so I'm sure that when we get to, uh, you know, the races where there's, uh, you know, grocery stores that are going to be in there, that, you know, that we'll be going and, uh, you know, I said to them, you know, as a, as a driver, I so 
appreciate obviously being their driver, but also as, as a fan of the sport and whatnot. I so appreciate what they're trying to do and, you know, how they're using IndyCar as one of their platforms to try and do it. I want to put my best foot forward so that hopefully they stay around for long term as well, you know, because that's what we all really need to have helped in the series are, you know, incredible uh, partners like Hy-Vee. So, like I said to them when I saw them, whatever they would want, need or require me to do, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much game, you know, for just about anything. So, uh, yeah, I think if, if if going and me and everybody at a grocery store is what they want to do, then they just got to send me the address and I'll be there. How's your short oval game going to be? Because they're going to sponsor the only doubleheader of the season at Iowa Speedway. I'm sure that's one of the races that you want to make sure your car is ready to bring home the groceries. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, last year when we, or two years ago, when we raced at Iowa, we finished seventh. Uh, in both of the races, which was my first short oval in IndyCar. So, yeah, I really had a great time. I loved it. You know, I think the track's really awesome. Uh, I was definitely sad that it wasn't on the schedule this year. And, uh, you know, obviously couldn't say much because it hadn't been announced yet that I was going to be joining the team, but was really excited that they were going to be, well, honestly, the the most instrumental reason for bringing that race back. And, um, you know, I really love oval racing in IndyCar. I think it's so fun. Uh, it's very on the on the edge, on the limit, and whatnot. So, yeah, you look at the season every year, and you know naturally the obvious answer is we want to try and win them all. You know, that's like duh, right? Um, and after that, Iowa has for sure become one of the ones that you know we hope we have a really successful uh, weekend at. So, I know the team understands uh, understand that, and you know, like like Randy said to us is. You know, we want to go, obviously, and have a great performance, but, you know, you can't be crippled by the pressure of wanting to have that happen. You know, we've got to be, you know, our normal selves and just execute the best we can. And hopefully by that stage of the season, that becomes our normal. So uh, we'll be working hard to make that happen. Your previous team is building. It's getting off the ground. It's turning into an established team. It won last year's Indianapolis 500 with Elio Castroneves as the driver. So it's a team of the future and maybe even a team of the present. But when you look at Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing, they're already an established team that's won a couple of Indianapolis 500s with Buddy Rice and Takuma Sato. They've won other races. So as far as the progression of your career, how do you categorize your step up to Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing? I feel like it's a pretty you know, natural and organic step to, to take. And, you know, I, I've said so many times now in interviews, you know, how much I appreciate, you know, uh, Michael Shank and Jim Meyer and the opportunity that they gave me and, you know, also Sirius XM and Autonation. Um, you know, and when the conversation came up, what we were going to do, uh, you know, Piers Phillips reached out, president of Ray Hall, Letterman Lanigan, and, um, you know, said that Bobby wanted to meet. So I went and met him and, Honestly, we just, we really hit it off. And, you know, I think the commitment that as a team, RLL are also demonstrating to the to the world, but also to the NTT IndyCar Series is uh, incredible. You know, the new facility when it's finished is going to be, you know, an absolute, uh, you know, reset the bar, I would say, in terms of race shops. And it was just a project that I was really excited about being on. Uh, but in terms of how to categorize it, I'd like to think that we've shown you know, really good potential and, you know, obviously did, you know, to catch their eye and, you know, also for them to, uh, you know, make an offer that was, 
you know, so enticing to, uh, you know, decide to make a change. But, um, yeah, I think it's a, a natural a natural step. And, you know, hopefully this is the place where I'll make my long-term home. Your race engineer is going to be Michael Armbrester. Uh, how much time have you spent with him getting to know him and getting to learn each other's language, uh, sort of speak, uh, in terms of the way an engineer and a driver communicate with each other? Uh, I spent a lot of time with him already. You know, I actually kind of knew Michael uh, already. And, um, you know, just kind of in passing and whatnot. And yeah, we had a voice, you know, got on pretty well, I would say. And then, you know, when I knew when I was told he was going to be my engineer, you know, I had a, just a pretty simple question for him and just said, I really, I, I want to win. You know, that's all I want to do. And he was like, good, so do I, you know, and it was a real uh, easy conversation to have. And I think transparency was really important. We chatted about already, you know, what's been really good. Uh, what we need to work on, you know, in terms of driving, in terms of where I need to improve and what I think I can do better. And the team have been honest and open about what they feel like they can improve on. So, uh, you know, so far, it's been a very uh, seamless and easy transition to make with the team in terms of getting to know everybody, build that rapport, and ultimately spend a lot of time together because the only the only criticism we'll have of the NCT IndyCar Series right now is I wish there was more testing. Um, you know, I think we pretty much do what well, one day before St. Pete, if we're lucky, um, you know, certainly no more than that at this point, it doesn't look like obviously it could change, but, um, I just want to get on track, you know, at this point, you know, I, I just, I'm so badly just want to get out with a new team, you know, feel out the car, see how it's going, get out on track with uh, Graham and Christian and just have a start of a, what we hope is going to be a really, really successful, uh, 2022. Your race strategist, uh, the man on the radio, is going to be a driver that came up through the grassroots of racing, a USAC sprint and midget driver. It's Derek Davidson. A lot of times he's a man of few words. What's it been like interacting with him so far and getting to know him? Oh, it's been great, mate. You know, I really, I really like Derek. Uh, you know, again, kind of guy who I say hi to in, in passing and whatnot. And, yeah, it's just been really great to get to know everybody, to be honest. Uh you know, some of these situations, you just try and build build rapport. You know, and I've been going to the shop, uh, you know, quite a lot, I would say, you know, just to try and get to know everybody. But ultimately, you know, a lot of that relationship and building that relationship is going to be on the track, which is another reason why I'm so keen to, uh, you know, get started and, you know, just feel, feel everything out with everybody. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things I'm really excited about at RLL is the amount of, you know, past drivers that have also now mentors as well. Um, you know, being able to talk to Bobby a bit, you know, hearing that Derek was a driver as well was really cool. And, um, yeah, I just, I just really just want to get on track, mate, to tick all these boxes. Every, everything that you've mentioned so far is why we're so keen to just finally turn laps with a new team and a new number in my 45 Hy-V Honda. When your team owner is a legend like Bobby Rahal, he won the 1986 Indianapolis 500, and he also is a three-time kart champion. What's it like to have a, a man like that owning the team? Because you know that he knows exactly what goes through a race driver when he's out on track. To be honest, that was quite a big factor. And actually, in, in the end, wanting to make that decision was to be able to have those, you know, deep conversations um, with someone like Bobby because the career that he's had is 
the sort of career that everybody hopes they might have, you know, even half of what he had, you know, you would hope to have. And, you know, being able to talk to him about it, he's, he's been there and he's done it, you know, and he's got all the cool trophies and, you know, championships and just about everything that you could hope to win. I think Bobby pretty much has, um, you know, to be able to talk to him about what was his mindset, you know, what were you thinking about? And, you know, really have him there, you know, like I said earlier, as, as a mentor, you know, as much as anything else is great. Like, you know, the sense that I got from him straight away, and I got this sense because he told me, uh, you know, he's a racer. You know, he absolutely in his heart is a racer. Um, you know, racer turned savvy businessman, you know, but still in his heart, he's a racer. So if, if the if the team needs something and he can provide it, I have absolutely no doubt that he will. Um, you know, and I, I really enjoyed getting to know him. I thought he was exceptionally respectful. Uh, you know, I really liked the conversation. I really liked the direction he wants the team to keep going in. Um, it, it wasn't a, uh, you know, in in a lot of ways, making that decision was, from the purely racing side, was, wasn't too bad. It was a very difficult decision emotionally. Um, but in terms of the, where the team is going, it was an opportunity that I definitely wanted to jump on quickly. A co-owner of the team is Michael Lanigan, another man who, uh, he's a south side of Chicago industrialist, owns the Panama Canal Railroad, owns a lot of heavy equipment companies, cranes, anything to do with heavy construction. But you can tell he has a lot of passion for his involvement in IndyCar. What's it like having him as another team owner? Uh, Mike's great. You know, I, I would say he was, a, you know, in some ways a man of few words and but everything he said, I thought, you know, had real purpose and was thoughtful. Um, very direct uh, in a nice way. When I met him the first time, you know, he just he pretty much just came out and said, you know, can you win for our team? And I said, I know I can win for your team. And, you know, that's kind of how our relationship got started. I, I found him a very um, great knowledge, great motorsport knowledge. And, you know, a lot like Bobby, I would say, you could, you could just feel that the desire that he has for, for this team and, you know, to be successful in this sport, you know, is 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 strong, you know, and that he carries a very powerful aura around him. And, you know, I really appreciate that. Or his honesty, you know, in all fairness, you know, he wanted to know what was going good and bad in that season. I told him, um, you know, I was honest with him and, you know, he reciprocated that and, you look across the board, and I think the team is just really filled with, you know, a lot of different characters, a lot of different backgrounds. But ultimately, that glue that keeps everyone together is the competitiveness and the desire to win. And that's what I—that's what I've come for, you know, in, in a nutshell. Because that feeling was so strong that on everyone I spoke to, I wanted to be a part of that. And of course, the other ownership partner is—you mentioned Bobby Rahal's got all the cool trophies. The other team owner has a lot of Emmy awards from being a television icon, being one of the great greats of uh, television comedy, a longtime late night talk show host, David Letterman. What's your interaction been like so far with David Letterman? Uh, I haven't met him yet, mate. Honestly, I'm hoping to uh, soon. I think there's uh, trying to work an opportunity where I might be able to go and, you know, introduce myself and say hi. Um, from what Bobby told me, I know he was excited that we were coming on board. Honestly, outside of that, I haven't uh, I haven't spent a ton of time uh, yet with uh, David. But obviously, I mean, even before I came to America, I knew who he was. You know, I I, 
I actually I really enjoyed watching his recent Netflix uh, like interview, like his hosting and doing interviews with people because he had a really uh, diverse group of people, and I thought that was great. So honestly, at this point, I'm just looking forward to meeting him for the first time. The season starts a little earlier this year. It's going to be in February instead of March. How excited are you to be able to get in a race car in February and go out there and actually race? Oh, it's great. You know, normally I think the season, actually, I think in America, the season starts kind of earlier than Europe anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get itchy feet, same as everybody. I think when the season finished, we were grateful for, you know, a couple of weekends off, but then you got a couple of weekends off and you're like, right, when we're going back to the track, uh, you know, that's where we want to be. It's where we like to be. It's where I feel comfortable and happiest. So, um, Yep, I, I wasn't sad that they're going to move St. Pete up a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if I really love, you know, the tempo of the first few races. It's like one, then a break, one, then a break, and then the season really gets started. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, mate, I, I'm not – I've never got caught up in the schedule, when it is, what race it is, or anything like that. I'm just grateful to be on the grid. And if you guys said to me, we're racing on Christmas Day, I'll be there racing on Christmas Day. Like, I, I've never worried about any of that because – I don't know what it's like to not be on the grid and have all the time in the world. So I don't care when we're going racing in truth. I, I just so happy and grateful to be one of the few drivers that get to do this, you know, full time that um, whenever the car's on track and I can be the driver, I'm going to be there. The season kicks off at St. Petersburg and last year in your final season for Meyer Shank racing, that was a pretty good weekend for you. You started second and finished fourth. What was it about that particular race uh, why you did as well as you did? I think a lot of reasons, mate, to be honest. Um, you know, I look back where we qualified the year before we were in the top 10, you know, finished in the top 10. I think we qualified seventh, finished 10th. Uh, you know, this year qualified, uh, we had second, finished fourth, but we were so close to the podium. We just kind of burnt the, you know, the red tires off a little bit more than I really would have hoped to. Uh, I just have the flow of the track. You know, I really have enjoyed St. Pete, even from my time in Indy Lights there. You know, I've actually, in Indy Lights, I never finished off the podium in, you know, three efforts. So um, it just flows well for me. You know, I really like it. Uh, I love St. Pete as a, as a town. It's probably one of the places I've almost spent the most amount of time, you know, even on vacation and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I just, I just really, I just love being there, honestly. In two of your last three races of the 2021 season, you finished fourth at, Portland, you finished seventh at Long Beach, but what's uh, particularly impressive is you started 20th at Portland and came all the way back to fourth and started 25th at Long Beach and finished seventh. So that's an indication that you're a guy that can go out there and pass cars on two race courses where it's probably a little difficult to pass. Uh, certainly we hope so, mate. Uh, you know, I think I look at the season and you know, if, if I was going to sum it up or review it, I think the times where we qualified well, we didn't make the most of it. And the times where we didn't qualify well, I think, you know, me and the team at the time did a really good job in getting ourselves back to the front. You know, I think we had some really great overtaking maneuvers and I think we're getting a nice balance at the minute of when to be aggressive, you know, when to let the, kind of the race come to me a little bit. And yeah, that's just experience, mate. You know, you have to go through these things a little bit sometimes to to feel it out, but um, yeah, I think that caught everybody's eyes, to be honest. I actually thought for the briefest moments in Portland that we might be in a position to win the race when we undercooked, uh, actually we overcooked Graham and uh, Ed Jones. I thought that might be for uh, for the win, but 
sadly it was only for a P4, but yeah, I think the team, you know, obviously my deal was all done and dusted by them, but certainly I think it gave them a, you know, really good encourage, encouragement that, you know, if we don't, you know, sometimes qualify well, you know, like everyone goes through a couple of times a season, you know, that we can still have a great Sunday. Um, you know, because I think for the longest bit, a couple of people are like, oh, you're really good on Saturday and not getting it done on the race. And I'm like, well, that's kind of, you know, how our season had, had been going, you know, a couple of bad looks on some strategies and whatnot. But ultimately, Sunday's when it counts. Um, you know, and I think having that stability with, with the team and, you know, maybe perhaps a little more experience in IndyCar is, is one of the big reasons why we're coming over. And your two teammates, you've got a proven veteran, a winning race driver, Graham Rahal, who's been around in the series since 2008. He was actually in Champ Car all the way back in 2007 when he was just a teenager. So you've got the one veteran that you've raced with quite a bit. Now you've got a new teammate coming over from Denmark, Christian Lungard. He was pretty impressive on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course last August. What's it like having those two as teammates? Well, I think they both bring something, you know, really different to the table. Christian, you know, a very fast driver, and I thought his road course performance at Indy was, uh, you know, really, really strong. Uh, you know, and it's only going to get stronger. And, you know, like you just mentioned, Graham's got so much experience. Uh, there's probably not many situations that he hasn't seen. Um, so I think between the three of us, hopefully we stick a lot of the boxes. And the best thing about having, you know, good teammates, and I definitely had this with uh, Elio, this season was, you know, you push each other, you know, hopefully between the three of us, we push each other, we push the team, push each other again. And, you know, that's how you elevate a program, uh, you know, is by a nice amount of, uh, you know, competition, you know, because obviously you want the team to do well, but you also want to be the car doing well for the team. Um, I really like both guys. Uh, you know, I really like getting to know Graham, uh, you know, and I've really enjoyed the little bit of time that I've had to spend with Christian and, I know he's moving to America early next year. So, yeah, plan to spend a lot of time with those guys. But, um, you know, I think, the again, the, the statement that RLL, I think, they're looking to make next season, you can see it across the board of his new shop, driver lineups, partners, sponsors, the team. I mean, it, it looks very strong, that's for sure. And also, throughout your career, you've driven nothing but a Honda in IndyCar. And how valuable has that company been to your development as an IndyCar driver? Yeah, I really enjoy just racing for everybody at HPD and Honda. Um, you know, I've only ever driven with them. Um, you know, I think we've got some really, you know, great tires together. But I, I think the best part of our story is going to be the one that hasn't happened yet. And it's probably the one in the uh, future while we continue to try and work towards, you know, race wins and hopefully a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I really have enjoyed, uh, you know, getting some of the spend more and more time with everybody at HPD and you know, obviously David's British so you know there's that of course um, but no mate it's just been it's been nice and I think it's nice to have that consistency and a little bit of continuity as we make a make a switch from the team you know having a few things that are the same uh, you know is really nice and you know certainly being able to continue to represent Honda and try and get the best results on track for them as well is uh, it's high on everyone's list and wrapping up here with Jack Harvey, driver of the number 45 High V Honda at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. What would you consider to be a successful 2022 NTT IndyCar Series season? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see us in the win category for sure. You know, we want to be competitive every weekend. And, you know, for sure, I want to finish way inside the top 10 in points. You know, and I think if you're ticking those boxes in, in this series, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, big picture, and 
you know, I look at where Graham's been finishing in the in the championship last few seasons and, you know, I feel like we've got the opportunity to do the same thing and the ambition of the team is to do even better than that again. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna set the bar high, mate, and try and do our best to uh, our best to achieve it, that's for sure. But in terms of a, a specific result right now, you know, we wanna compete for race wins, you know, as many weekends as we can or every weekend if we can and go from there but I think we also are respectful to the challenge that is and how competitive the series is but you know you look at a great season like Alex Palou had and you know he won well I thought it three races four races you know he was he was consistent and I think that's the that's the key in the IndyCar series is you know make the most of the good results when they're there and try and be consistent if it's uh, if it's not there but you know racing racing every weekend in the top 10 has to be our uh, has to be our goals for sure Jack Harvey, driver of the number 45 High V Honda at Radal Letterman Lanigan Racing. Good luck in 2022, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Awesome. Thanks, mate. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank Jack Harvey of Rahal Letterman Lanigan Racing for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. Pit Pass continues to race forward in the offseason with more in-depth interviews featuring the biggest names in the NTT IndyCar series. So please be sure to continue to tune in to Pit Pass Indy. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.